Welcome to the podcast, Earning Admission, with your host, Greg Kaplan, preparing teens for college, life, and career by helping them craft their bright future. This podcast series is for parents who feel lost and scared in the admission process and are looking for expert advice on how to prepare their kids with less stress. Greg is the author of the best-selling book, Earning Admission, available on Amazon and also at earningadmission.com, as well as the new free prep app artists available on iTunes and Google Play with weekly prompts specific to your students' goals. Learn more at artistscollege.com. Welcome, listener. I'm Greg Kaplan, and today we are going to be talking about preparing for 11th grade. This is go time, Chief, when it comes to the college admissions process. But before we get into that, let's talk just a little about who we are. So like I said, I'm Greg Kaplan, and I am joined with my co-host, as always, Becky Harrington. Hi. And I was that kid that strove for the Ivy League, did not have the support, somehow figured it out on my own, and along the way discovered that this is truly my passion and ended up writing earning admission real strategies for highly effective colleges or for uh, getting into highly selective colleges, excuse me. And also I am the founder of the Artist College app, which is the first app that provides weekly customized college admissions advice that is tailored to your child's or your interest activities and goals. So if you haven't checked that out, uh, check it out at artistcollege.com and it will provide a lot of the um, advice that we talk about, but in a weekly manageable format to help you navigate this process with ease. So 11th grade, oh my. It's like, you're finally an upperclassman, right? Like a lot of kids start driving at this point. I was, when I'm like uh, August birthday, so like I didn't get to start driving to like, you know, the end of the next year, like all through summer, but I had friends that started driving to school. It just kind of opens up like a whole new, um, well, one parents are like, finally, I've got a (laughs) carpool leader and it's not me. (laughs) So (laughs) it's exciting on all, on all ends of it. But, um, it also just brings in a lot more curfew issues, I think. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of independence uh, that starts to happen in junior year. Uh, but there's also quite a bit of responsibilities for college admissions that pops up in junior year. This is really like, you're in it now. Like, we're not going to be talking about laying foundations for study strategies <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> if you didn't get the study strategies by now, we're in a real place where it's going to be like, what are my actual options at this point? So I'm excited for Greg to kind of break it down. If you're a parent of an, uh, a student going into 11th grade, please share this with other parents. This is going to be a great episode um, and parents need to be well-informed at this stage in the game. So bring us on in, Greg, tell us what we got to know. All right. As always, I like to think really high level about what an application looks like to make sure that whatever you are doing, um, going into 11th grade, you're, you're working with a goal, you're working with a purpose, you understand how your efforts actually help. So the big three components of 11th grade, which mirrored the big three components of a college application are one, grades. They're gonna look at your transcript. So 11th grade 
is your last stand. And we're going to talk about strategies of what to do, depending on if we have room for improvement. Two is testing. 11th grade is when you most students start thinking about or taking the SAT or the ACT. So we want to make sure that we're in a position to do that. And then the third is to make sure that we are demonstrating that um, an applicant has the grit, has the passion, has the purpose. So 11th grade is also, you know, if, if you came in 10th grade, um, you didn't maybe have the best grades, this is also a chance for a little bit of catch up. Um, maybe you need to take summer school, maybe you need to come up with a strategy for um, uh, like really nailing those test scores, um, getting those test scores up, um, and also just dialing in on how you're going to show passion and grit. And, you know, the nice thing about 11th grade, I think, is that you do have a little bit more confidence being an upperclassman and not being like the lowest in the totem pole anymore. I think kids do, do start to feel more confident overall. And I think that some of that confidence can be fueled into just getting better grades um, and also taking on more responsibilities. If you're starting to drive, you just naturally, you might even be getting a job. Um, and just having a job, I think, fuels some of that responsibility. You start to understand how hard you have to work just to make a dollar, right? So some of those new uh, responsibilities can also fuel discussions where your kid's like, dude, I don't want to have to work this hard just to make, you know, minimum wage, I really got to, I got to step up my game here. So some of those responsibilities that they start to take on and having to pay for gas, understanding insurance costs can also be motivators. I think like I got to make sure I get into college now. Completely agree with you on that topic. Uh, this is about the growing experience and making sure that we're progressing to the point where we have that direction where it's, you know, um, I was, I had a family in my office and um, the dad was a um, very successful entrepreneur and, and it said, it, he'd said that working a job for minimum wage, busing tables was what inspired him to start his own business. So my sister, um, she actually was, uh, she was a little bit of a late bloomer when it came to grades and, um, she did a lot of, you know, kind of, she got a job right away. I think she was a sophomore. She was hostessing, hostessing at a, a little cafe and taking on that responsibility. And when you're a hostess, like you make a little bit of tips, but for the most part, you're just working late nights to do minimum wage. And it's a lot of work and you're seeing that money go into your car for gas and into insurance. Um, and she was like, I do not want to have to hold this train. So I think there's a lot um, to be said about grades at this point. I think there's a lot to be said about taking on responsibility um, in the home financially, um, taking on more of uh, just maybe like uh, responsibilities uh, for the household. And um, But we want to kind of talk about two veins of people. If your kid um, has just nailed it through high school. They're getting top grades or at least competitive grades. They've gotten good um, PSAT scores or the, you know, they've taken lots of practice tests and they're ready to go. They have um, a good strategy for the college that they want to get into. 
what are the things for, I, I guess what I would say, those um, competitive applicants, what do they need to start junior year thinking about? I think for 11th grade, if you've nailed it in ninth and 10th grade, it's, it's maintain, it's let's start looking for opportunities to shine. Um, let's say you have a student that's a very strong student and is interested in psychology and the, and you've already taken AP psychology, you're planning on taking AP psychology at your local, at your high school. Um, maybe it's time to start thinking about, is there a class at a community college that makes sense that's maybe developmental psychology or social psychology? Start showing that passion. So if the grades are already there, you could consider taking a community college class to enhance your application. And I think it just kind of maintain 11th grade is if you're an A student or you know B here or there is do what you can to maintain that and make sure that you're enrolled in challenging classes um, that are consistent with your application story. So a kid that wants to be an engineer in junior year should be looking to see if there are more advanced math and science classes that make sense if um, or around maybe for the following summer. So that, that would be my recommendation is first maintain and look for opportunities to shine in ways that are not um, overly burdensome. So as far as like testing, junior year is also when they take the real uh, SAT and ACT, right? Correct. And so that also can become the focus too. So if a student is saying, hey, I feel pretty good about my transcript, let's double down and spend more time on testing. Okay. So when does that test take place usually? So the SAT and the ACT are both offered six times per year. So they're offered in the fall, they're offered in the winter, and they're offered in the spring. Summer is usually the time off for the test. And that's why we've, I think, done so many podcasts at this point about the importance of making the most of summer and how test prep fits in with that. So um, the test, the SAT and ACT are uh, at the start of every school year are offered at the end of August, beginning of September. And they're pretty much offered every other month throughout the rest of the school year to make sure that you have six times to take it each um, school year. So there's, you, uh, an applicant will have plenty of chances to take it. And that's why we recommend starting the testing process in 11th grade, because it gives you your child, not just one bite of the apple or two bites of the apple, but six times junior year and three times senior if they need it. So uh, for a junior, though, there has, there's probably a deadline. So they have to take it by uh, the spring of their junior year in order for, the, for them to have it by applications, or will they have the opportunity to take it in the fall of their senior year? They will have the opportunity to take it in the fall of their senior year. Depending on when the application deadline is, I always say like the hard cutoff is you want to be done with testing by November of your senior year. So any test taken during junior year, will be done in time for the admissions process. When you get to the fall of senior year, that's when it gets a little bit hectic because you're completing the applications, uh, there are deadlines, and, you, and oftentimes the deadline for an application can fall before like the last testing in December. So I would always say, try to have testing done by spring of junior year, and then if you have to take it one more time in the fall, so be it, but it's just an uncomfortable feeling, to be honest. Yeah, probably a lot of added stress because, uh, you know, this is my second year working with Greg, and I got to experience what it was like when he had 
over a hundred students that he was working with on college applications that that season is extremely stressful so if we could warn you ar around anything is that <clears throat> juniors have the opportunity to take some time to prepare um, and get some big things off of their plate before they get into that application season. So from really from like September until November, um, depending on which school you're going to get into, plan that your senior year, your first, you know, and we're gonna be doing an episode on senior year, um, which will <laughs> mostly in, involve partying and being done with all this stuff, <laughs> but um, prepare well, at, uh, for your junior by getting those scores and those tests all done by the spring and so that you can go into summer next year and focus on building that application and not having a super stressful time. Um, I got to experience what it looks like when, when students are postponing um, their application process and not being organized going into the fall. It is extremely stressful for you and your child. So being um, ahead of the game is key. So the second kind of vein of people I wanted to ask you about, Greg, is what if um, your student has done mediocre to poor um, ninth, tenth, and now coming into eleventh grade? Um, maybe they're not shooting for Ivy League at this point, but State College would be great. Um, what opportunities do they have for catching up? Um, and still being a qualified applicant in the application season for next year? Wonderful, great question. Uh, the most important thing to recognize is that college is part of a lifelong learning journey. And so not everyone hits it perfectly right out of the gate and that's okay. The, the expectation is not perfection. So you heard about, oh gosh, these are other students that should be taking community college classes because they've maxed out in high school. That's okay, don't worry about folks like that if that, if that doesn't apply to you. What you wanna do is use 11th grade, it's the halfway point in high school, use it as a reset. Um, I've had plenty of students who had a um, less than stellar showing in ninth or 10th grade, and then they really got their act together in 11th grade, started, um, discovering how to succeed academically in school and it made a huge difference and we ended up writing essays to explain that upward grade trend so this is a term of art in the college admissions process upward grade trend and an upward grade trend is what it, it sounds like if you can demonstrate that you have been able to improve your grades and learn what makes you tick and makes you succeed that is a huge plus in this process and that can compensate for any lackluster uh, performance at the beginning. So what I would say is for a family with a child that has a student in ninth, that um, in ninth or 10th grade, it wasn't what we were hoping for, is it's not too late to turn the corner and give 11th grade everything you have because they're going to be even more focused on those 11th grade grades to see that you've learned it and, and as you've matured and grown. So that would be my first recommendation. My second recommendation would be to be open to pursuing other routes to a degree that makes sense for you. And before we started this episode, uh, Becky and I were talking about the important role that community college plays for a lot of us for um, growth and development. And I can say here in California, um, you, the UCs, you now need more better than perfect grades. Um, 4.4s, 4.5s are not cutting it for most of the UC campuses anymore, not just UCLA or UC Berkeley. Um, 
you see, but we have a program in California, as do most uh, states for their uh, flagship public universities, where a student can get a 3.4 GPA, which is just, or, or even a 3.2 actually. So Bs, B pluses, A minuses, and be a straight B student. And if you do that at a community college, you are guaranteed a spot at the UC system. And I can't tell you how hard, how many students I've seen and heard about that have perfect grades, perfect test scores, and when there's 100,000 kids applying to UC Santa Barbara, it just doesn't matter if you have perfect grades or perfect test scores, there just may not be a spot for you given the numbers. So in California, there's been a huge push to encourage students to start at uh, California community colleges. And because uh, for many students, it's actually not, not just an easier route to get into college, but it's also a healthier place to start uh, one's higher education because it's closer to home, it's less stressful. Um, there's just, there's so many advantages for starting at a community college, not just about where you could transfer to, but um, from a personal growth standpoint. So that that's, I think, another thing to keep in mind. And I think community college is a great opportunity for three different reasons. Um, one would be if maybe the you know, your grades were not as good as you had hoped and you still have your sights set on a um, better college, you can get into community college, spend a couple of years working there and get into a better school um, by getting your grades up and, and working hard. Another reason why community college is a great fit is for those students who are not sure what they want to do and that happens it's totally normal um i think um i saw way too much pressure put on my you know five six siblings to know at the age of 17 16 what they wanted to do with their life and community college can give um your student a chance to explore um different kinds of um majors and see where they really fit and uh, the third, I would say, is um, that if if college is not something that you or your family can afford um, and you're not in a position to get grants or uh, scholarships um, for whatever reason, it can be a great way to um, uh, get through a couple years and only have to pay for two years at a university. Um, both myself and my sister, well, actually, three of my, three of the six of us went to community college first. Um, and that was a great opportunity for all of us. And my sister, um, Michelle, she's actually an engineer. She works for Adidas. She designs golf clubs for TaylorMade. And um, she actually made the driver that everybody was talking about a couple of years ago. She was on quite a few different TV and radio shows. And she's also the only female engineer at Adidas. Um, but she was had top grades. She was in all kinds of activities. She had every right to be in um, the school that she wanted to be, but financially, she didn't want to have to take out that many student loans, and so she did community college first, and then she ended up at a UC, graduated. Um, she got a job with Nissan right out of, right when she was still in her senior year of college, so it doesn't mean that just because you take the community college route first that you're you're getting out of being able to get the job of your dreams that's not the case at all um, and I, I saw community college work in different ways for three of my sisters including myself and I graduated from college debt-free and I am really proud of that actually um, so 
being debt free is a huge gift to yourself. I don't care what kind of degree you have. If you have $100,000 in debt when you graduate from college, <laughs> you're not going to feel super successful even if you start out making six figures. So, um, I, so, I want to echo on that. Um, how important that last thing from the finances are. Um, when I got into this and wanted to dedicate myself to helping kids craft that brighter future for themselves, for me, it's always been about are, are, are our kids healthy, are they happy, and are they financially independent? And when I graduated from law school, I chose to go to law school because I had a full tuition scholarship. Um, it wasn't my top choice, but it was the right school because it was the right price. And I ran into one of my classmates uh, last week at the grocery store uh, during lunch, and he was telling me how unhappy he was practicing law, <laughs> which a lot of lawyers will tell you that incidentally, so this is maybe my plug not to go to law school. Um, <laughs> Take it from my own experience, not practicing law. You can read between the lines, at least in my own life. Um, and then um, he graduated between undergrad and, 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 and law school over $450,000 of loans. He's doing really well financially, but he doesn't like his job. And he told me that he's still driving the same car from undergrad because his loan payments are like the size of a mortgage. And, and how could they not be when you have $450,000 of debt? And it is a huge, I, I cannot understate, emphasize this enough, huge problem for household formation. It's why, um, you know, our generation's not getting married as early as, say, my parents did. Um, it's why most people can't afford to buy homes our age. And, and wages are not what they used to be. They're these, you know, the mythical, you know, white collar job where you show up, get a paycheck and have enough to have that white picket fence house. Um, Becky and I joke about how hard we have to work. Um, I, I mean, show me where that exists and, and, and I'll go do that too. But um, uh, is that it's so important to be mindful of the cost. And if we are going to have to finance through loans to go to a four-year university and, and be over six figures in debt, ask yourself, is it worth it? Um, my brother was in a fraternity at his university in, uh, in here and every a lot of juniors join so if, let's say a student wants the, the greek life the football whatever it is you can do that starting in your third year there's nothing to say that you have to have it like when you're 18 at 20 it's, it's it's still the same thing so the bottom line is that junior year is where we start to get real we start to get real about what your kid what are what are the realities that are we're, we're facing we're no longer in a place where we're like well maybe they could do this or maybe do they do that it's really important at this point to just have like realistic conversations and to not be overly pushing a pipe dream if it's not working you can't force a plan if it's not um looking like it's going to work out so here's our practical wrap-up for today so this is the last push for grades so have a plan to do the best um, in your junior year testing get this done early we'd love to, we would love to see everybody who's listening to this and because you're so prepared to have their 
testing done by spring of the junior year. So that means starting a plan for um, preparing for the SAT and ACT this summer and into the fall, but prefer preferably now when they're not having to balance that with schoolwork. Um, and then also having a real assessment of where your child's involvement in activities and demonstrated grit, passion, and purposes. Um, download the Artist app if you haven't done that already. This is going to be amazing for you. If you haven't done it at this point, you're going to get in there, fill out that application, and you're going to have quite the to-do list right off the bat because um, you're probably way behind. So get the Artist app now. It's going to tell you everything that you're behind on. Going to give you your own little college admissions assessment here. <laughs> um, so thank you again for listening to us. Um, we are here every week for you. If you missed last week's episode, we've been doing these kind of grade um, by grade um, preparation episodes, but we actually skipped last week to talk about a really important change that's happening in the college admissions process. So if your kid is a junior, this affects them for that application. Um, it's an adversity score that's being added um, based on all the scandals. It's a, the response from the college and it affects um, decisions that you're going to make for your child in the application process. So please go back and listen to that. Please also, if you have um, people who are in your life who also have juniors, please share this episode with them. This is a great resource. We're here for you. This is our passion to help you get through the process. So um, thanks again for listening. This is the Earning Admission Podcast with Greg Kaplan. You can learn more about references from this episode by going to earningadmission.com or clicking into the description of the podcast application you're using right now. Thanks for listening to us and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.